My wife and I were watching 2020 just uh, a week ago, and they were doing a whole story on, on heaven and hell, and they interviewed Marilyn Manson. And if you know the story of Marilyn Manson, you know that um, that guy actually went to a Christian school. And so, and so they, they asked him about heaven, and he said, let me quote it, if I went to heaven, I wouldn't have any fun there. Here's, here's a guy who, though he was raised in a Christian environment, though he was exposed to this stuff, somewhere in the whole process, God just simply became this great big rules thing. Maybe you felt that way. Maybe you've looked at this whole God thing and, and thought about it in, in, in the Bible and the church, and, and it just, it's... It's just kind of deducted all the way down to the fact that God's just a great big, big giant thing with a fly swatter and a whole big list of rules. And every time I break a rule, God just swats me and he just can't wait. And, and it's true. And, and so maybe you've said that. Or maybe you know someone who said, you know what, I don't, I don't really care to have anything to do with God. Because I just don't need all of the rules and then the baggage that always comes along with rules. So the question this morning for us as we conclude this Take Me Out to the Ball Game series is this. Are, are God and rules really one and the same? I mean, is this whole God thing really just a bunch of rules? Or is there something else going on? So this morning, that's what we're going we're gonna to talk about. I want us to examine this idea and, and actually see what the Bible has to say about this whole God and and rules thing and in the book of colossians which was written by a guy named paul he wrote this this book which was actually just a letter to a group of people who who were a lot like us who had a lot of the same thoughts and emotions and feelings that that maybe many of us can relate to when we think of god we simply think of rules and they were in a culture just like that well the gospel of jesus had come to the people in the in the city of Colossae, this this colossian group of people and so many of them had put their faith in Christ. And so they, they come into a relationship with Jesus. But the minute that they do, all of the religious people start pointing back to the rules. Well, it, it doesn't matter. You've got to do this and you can't do that and you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this and you can't do that. And by all means, don't do that. And so all of a sudden, this group of people in Colossae who, who have put their faith in Jesus, who are trying to please God, are wrestling with some of these same questions that we're struggling with and wrestling with this morning. This idea of, well, is God just nothing more than a list of rules that I have to obey and not, not do and do this? And is that all that God is? So this group of people in, in the city of Colossae were dealing with the same thing. So Paul writes them a letter. And check out what he says in verse 16. He says this, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or you drink. So, so there were religious people, spiritual people, who were saying to them, you know what, you can't eat that. You can't drink that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Look what it says. Go on. Don't let them judge you by what you eat or what you drink or with regards to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or even a Sabbath day. In other words, there were rules for when you could take your day off and, and how you, what you did on your day off and all of these and the, the places you went and the festivals and the whole thing. And there was this group of people who was heaping all of this baggage and all of this pressure to obey the rules. God and rules. God and rules. God and rules. God and rules. And so, the, so Paul writes to them and look what he says. He says, don't let anyone judge you. With their rules. So right here, Paul kind of makes a bold statement, doesn't he? That listen, this whole God thing, it's not about all of the rules. See, Paul, look, he goes on to say, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, I dig this, however, is found 
in Christ. In other words, Paul is saying, now that you've put your faith in Christ, you play by a whole new reality now. You live by a different standard. That You don't live by rules. Check this out. You live by a relationship with Jesus. That this whole God thing is not about, about following a predetermined set of a list of rules. This whole God thing is a whole lot more about relationship with Jesus than it is a list of rules to follow. And then I love the fact that from here, the Apostle Paul goes on and he actually gives us some truths about rules. And, and I want us to talk through this just for a couple of minutes today because I know that there are probably many of us who are listening to me right now and, and this is you. That you've kind of looked at the whole God thing. You've looked at the whole church thing and you've said, you know what, I just don't need all of the rules in my life. Or, or maybe you know someone who's felt that way and so they kind of pushed back on the whole God thing. They pushed back on the whole, well, that's cool for you and all, but you know what, I just don't need the rules. So I want to talk, talk to us just for a couple of minutes this morning about some of the truths that we see in this, in this chapter about rules. Here's the first one, verse 18. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility, these people, these spiritual people, so to speak, and the worship of angels disqualify you. Number one, first thought, rules cause us to feel disqualified. Rules can cause us to feel disqualified, can't they? Um, a couple of weeks ago, my son and I, we're get, we jumped in the car to go meet some of Sarah's family. Sarah and her, her family were in town um, visiting, and we went to meet them for dinner. And so we just moved a few weeks ago to a house off uh, Daniel's right out here. And, um, wow, Daniel's road people represent. Um, so, so <laughs> there are so many things to woo for, and Daniel's road was the last one I thought you'd do that for. Um, so we moved, and so I've noticed that this is like a speed trap. So by the way, this is like a speed trap out here. So I jump in the car, Will's in the seat behind me, and we take off down Daniels. And so I'm doing, I got my cruise set. I'm like, uh-uh, 50 miles an hour, take that. How's that for rules? I got you now, right? So I'm right at 50. So then there's a stoplight. So I stop at the stoplight, and all of a sudden I notice that this cop has pulled in behind me. Now I know we have some police officers here, so free tickets. Um, so... So, so I stop at this stoplight and I'm like, no, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, 50 right on the speed. I, I'm good. Set the crew. And then it, I remember, I think I have a brake light out. And I'm like, blasted brake light. So, you know, I get that sick feeling in my stomach and I, I tilt my mirror down and I can see Will and I'm like, buddy. There's a, a police officer behind us, and I just want you to know, I think one of Daddy's brake lights is out. <laughs> so if he pulls us over, right? I mean, the cop could have disqualified. He didn't pull me over, by the way. Yes, so free tickets for all the officers. Okay, um, so see, he could have disqualified me, and some of us feel that way, don't we? We look at the rules of Christianity. We look at the rules of God. And they make us feel disqualified. We look at all of that and we go, you know what, I'll just never be good enough to fit in there. No, maybe you've even said things like, man, the roof would fall in if I ever went to a church. One of those type of deals. Some of us were raised in religious systems where we were made to feel that way. You don't dress right. You don't look right. You don't act right. You don't talk right. You're not good enough to fit in here. And Paul says that's, that's a trap of the whole rules game. When we reduce God to just, just a set of rules, 
it can make us feel disqualified. He goes on in verse 18, he says, such people, these same religious people, also go into great detail about what they have seen in their unspiritual minds, puff them up with idle notion. Then look at the statement he says, they've lost connection with the head. And we find out later in scripture that the head that he's speaking of there is Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. And so he says, the second thought here on rules is that rules cause us to disconnect with Jesus, with the head. See, some people get so caught up in all of the rules of God that they completely miss the reality that all of life is about Jesus. See, when we allow ourselves to believe that this whole thing is just a bunch of rules, we end up asking the wrong question. You know the question we end up asking ourselves for our whole life? Is this against the rules? Is this against the rules? So all of a sudden now, everything I say, everything I do, it's, it's all about the rules. It's all about, well, is this, is this right? Is this, is this all? Instead, see what I think what Paul's trying to communicate here to us and to the people in Colossae who are wrestling with this same issue is, you know what? Don't spend your life asking the question, does this break the rules? You gotta ask a different question. And the question God wants us to ask is, is Jesus glorified and pleased in my life right now? That it's about relationship. It's about, it's about not saying, man, am I following all the rules? No, it's about saying, is Jesus most glorified in me right now? Or is Jesus turning his head and wincing at what I'm about to do? See, it's a whole different deal. It's, it's, it's completely different. That we have a rule in our house with my two boys. That if you hurt someone in the, uh, the house or wherever, that you have to say you're sorry. That that's a, that's a rule in the Keller household. That we just, even if, even if it was inadvertent, it was accidental, if you hurt somebody else, you need to say you're sorry. So every once in a while, I'll catch my kids, they'll accidentally hurt one another, and something will happen, and, and one of them will start to cry, and then you'll kind of hear this, other, the other one kind of do one of those like drive-by apologies. They're like, you know, they're running, they're like, oh, sorry. And they're just like running by, and I'm like, time out, come here, wait. No, 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 you see, you missed it. Did they obey the rule? Yeah. But they, they missed the point. The point is we're trying to raise our sons to be men of compassion and men of empathy so that, so that when our actions violate or hurt someone else, even if it's inadvertent, that they would understand that there's a compassion component to who we are as people. So see, here's what I think. I think it's possible for some of us to have drive-by obedience. When it comes to God, we, we look at the list of rules and we're like, no, look, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And yet our heart is miles away from what Jesus actually intended. Verse 20, he goes on, he says, Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, he asks him a question. Why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Here's the third thought about this rules thing. Rules appear easier on the surface. See, rules appear easier on the side. Paul asks them a question, and it's a great question. His question is, listen, since you're in relationship with Jesus, why do you keep running back to the rules? Why are you doing this? Why? Why? God set you free. Jesus has come into your life. He's made himself real to you. You're in relationship with a loving, living God. Why do you keep running back to the rules? Paul asked them that question. Why do you choose rules over relationship? And yet the truth is, for many of us perhaps even, we find ourselves at a place where even though we know what it is to be in a relationship with Jesus, we, we drift. We keep drifting back to the rules side. We, we find ourselves drifting back to the why. Why is it that we as human beings choose rules over relationship? Well, the truth is because when it comes to something that's unseen, 
like our relationship with God? On the surface, rules appear easier. See, it's easier for people to just place a bunch of rules on us than it is for them to actually teach us how to live and walk with an unseen creator. See, it's easier for us to just try really hard to obey all of the rules than to actually learn how to live a life that glorifies Jesus at every moment. And that's why we find ourselves running back to the rules because we're like, on the surface, this looks easier. This looks easier. No, then, then, because I don't understand. And is Jesus going to, what does that all mean? And so on the surface, this rules thing can be easier. But here's the thing we have to remember. Whenever we run back to the rules in regards to the opposite extreme of this relationship with Jesus, rules always bring baggage with them. So here's what I think. I think that it's possible that some of us have come into this place today and we find ourselves in that place where we're heaped down, we're loaded down with guilt and condemnation and frustration because we have this tendency to drift back to the rules and every time we do, there's just it's like adding another bag on your shoulder and you just and so there's this huge weight that Jesus said, I want to come and relieve you of that weight of burden and baggage of the whole rules thing. I want to set you free through a relationship. That, that's what God's up to. He goes on in verse 23, says, Such regulations, or these rules, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom. Here's a fourth thought about rules. Rules make us appear spiritual. Don't they? We've all done that. We've all seen the spiritual person, right? We've looked at someone's life and we've thought, man, wow, they are with it. They have it together. I mean, they have it all dialed in. They know how to follow the rules. They are so spirit. I mean, they got like the Christian t-shirt rule. Oh, they got it. They follow the Christian t-shirt rule. Every chance they get, I mean, it's like, whoa, check me out. I am following the rules. I got my Christian t-shirt tucked in and everything. The Jesus fish rule. They are following. They got the little baby fish for all of the little kids and the dog fish. And remember, oh wait, the dog fish, that's actually the evolution fish. <laughs> that's bad. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? The one with the feet that's like eating them. That's not funny. That's, Matt, stop. They got the Christian radio rule down. I mean, Christian radio is like the number one preset on their radio. And, and listen, I'm not, I got nothing against Christian t-shirts or the little fish on the back of your car or, or having all your brake lights or, or Christian radio. No, those things are great. That's cool. But see, if that's all we have, we can't, we can't, Jesus doesn't look at the t-shirts we wear and the presets of our car. He looks at our heart. And it's possible for us to follow all of those rules and appear spiritual. When in reality, our heart is miles from where God wants it to be. So he says in verse 23, look at this. These rules have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, their harsh treatment of the body. I mean, these people were taking an extreme with this rule stuff. They were physically hurting themselves because they wanted to obey the rules. But look at what he says. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Here's a fifth thought on the rules thing. Rules won't keep us right. See, for those of us in the room who have, have reduced God to merely a set of rules, we've got to understand that rules won't keep us right. When was the last time you were faced with a tempting situation and you thought, oh, this is against God's rules. I shouldn't indulge this. Single people, when was the last time you were out with that guy or out with that girl? 
and you were digging their chili. And, and all of a sudden, you were like, oh, wait. My heavens, this is against the rules. We ought not indulge. Or you're having coffee with someone, and you're talking, and all of a sudden, a third party comes up, and you have that split-second thought of that you want to just enter into this conversation and tear that person apart and enter into gossip, and you're like, oh, but wait. Let's not gossip over our coffee. That's against the rules. No, see, or, or you're working at your workplace and, and you're tempted to fudge that number or, or go around that thing and you thought, see, rules don't keep us right. And he says they lack any value in restraining that stuff. If, if we're just going to reduce God to a set of rules, then it's not there. We, when we reduce God to rules, we miss the life that Jesus has for us. So see, this rules thing doesn't work. So, okay, Matt, great, fantastic. We'd all agree that the rules thing just doesn't get the job done when it comes to living like Jesus wants us to do. But the, but the question then is, well, but how? Then how do we do this? Okay, great. I get it that the whole rules is in the relationship. Okay, fine. But, but how? How am I supposed to live my life so that I don't keep drifting back to the rules game? How do I do that? Well, it's interesting because in the book of Colossians, Again, I mentioned it was actually written as a letter. And Paul wrote it as a letter. And when he wrote it, it didn't have all of these chapter and verse breaks in it. So the good news for us is that even though chapter 2 ends, it's actually one continuous thought in the original language. So check this out. Paul's writing to these people who are asking a similar question as we are, which is rules don't get the job done. And then he just continues right into chapter 3, verse 1 with this thought. Look what he says, because he offers us some hope here. He says, since then. In other words, since we recognize the fact that the rules aren't going to get the job done, that it's all about a relationship with Jesus, if we want to live like God wants us to live, since you've been raised with Christ, here's his first thought. Set your hearts on things above. Number one, what do we do? How do we do this thing? We set our hearts on things above. When the Bible speaks of the heart, it's speaking of the center of our being. So here's the question for us today. Is the center of our being fixed on things above or on things of earth? I'll be honest with you. I'm not a huge Italian food fan. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's okay. Wow. Harsh. Free tickets! Yes! Uh, I'm glad somebody's smoking something out there. Um, but, no, in a smoker! <laughs> Ever felt like you just lost control? Yes. The fire chiefs didn't behave this way. I just want you to know. I will put my suit on right now. <laughs> when we moved to Florida, um, my wife and I went to Macaroni Grill. And I'm like, yeah. And I found this one entree on the menu at Macaroni Grill called Penne Rustica. Holy, wait for it, smokes. I don't want anything else. I don't want to go to any other Italian restaurant. No, it doesn't interest me. People are like, hey, you want to go to this restaurant for lunch? No, I don't. 
No, no. When I go to Macaroni Grill, I don't even look at the menu. All I want is Penne Rustica. I have found the greatest love of all. If Whitney Houston were here, she'd sing. (laughs) This is it. Seriously. When it comes to Italian food, baby, that's my entree. I don't want anything else. Everything else pales in comparison to Penne Rustica Macaroni Grill. I love it. I just love it. When it burned down, that was like horrible for me. (laughs) See, when we talk about this idea of setting our hearts on things above, I think maybe what God wants from us is that in our heart, in the center of our being, that we would discover this idea of the greatest love of all. That when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ, when we invite Him in and He makes Himself real to us, everything else pales in comparison to that one love. So Paul writes and he says, listen, this whole rules thing, here's the deal. Forget about the rules. Make Jesus the center of who you are. If you will put Him first in your heart, you won't need all of that. You won't spend your days asking, is this against the rules? You'll spend your days asking, does this glorify Jesus? Because everything else will fade away. You won't want anything else. It's Jesus. He's the center of our being. So he says, listen, since the whole rules thing doesn't work and you put your faith in Christ, then, then set your heart on things above. But then in verse 2 he goes on and he gives us a second thought this morning. And this is where I want us to land. He says, not only set your heart on things above, but number two, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So, so how do we do this? How do we avoid the whole rules trap of Christianity? We run to a relationship with Jesus. We make Jesus the center of our being, and then we let let this whole deal go from our heart to our head. That every thought would begin to be centered around Christ. See, it's not about following a set of rules. It's about following a risen Savior, Jesus. And then allowing Him to begin to change the way we think in our lives. That Jesus would become the filter for our thoughts. I mentioned that we we moved recently and we noticed right after we moved that there was like this layer of dust on all of our furniture. And so we, and when I say we, I mean my wife, we go through and dust everything. (laughs) I'm just being honest. (laughs) She's like, do you see that film of dust? Yeah, it's cool. Well, what are we going to do about it? I don't know. And then it was gone. And then we come back. And then it was gone, and then it would come back. And then it dawns on me, you probably need to change your air filters. So I get out the ladder, and I open the thing up, and sure enough, yeah. Change the air filters, the dust is gone. See, here's what I think. I think it's possible that some of us listening today have dust on the furniture of our lives. And we can't figure out why. It keeps coming back. Could it be that we have the wrong filter in our thoughts? Could it be that we need to change the filter of our mind, set our mind on things above Jesus, 
that, that when he becomes the filter of our mind, now all of a sudden all of this rules stuff begins to pale. It, be, it begins to fade away because now Jesus is the center of my being and he's the center of my thoughts and, I'm, and I'm, I become consumed on a, on a day-to-day basis with this idea of is my life glorifying and pleasing Jesus? So here's my question to us this morning. Is Jesus at the center of your being? Maybe he was at one time. And you walked away from him. Maybe he was at one time and you drifted back to the rules side of the godly. Maybe he never has been the center of your being. Maybe you've been so caught up in the whole rules thing. You've completely just forsaken. You've said, you know, forget it all. Just, no, forget it. Just, no, I don't want anything to do with it because if it's all, if it looks anything like that, I don't want it. Can I just encourage you that this Christianity thing, this Jesus thing, this God thing, this church thing, it's not, it's not about a list of rules. It's not about a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's about setting our hearts on things above, setting our mind on things above. Making Jesus the center of who we are. And then allowing Him to become the filter of our thoughts through which all of life is lived out. So this morning, before we go party and have a great, great rest of the day, I want us to close in prayer. So all over this room, would you just bow your heads just for a moment? I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you in any way. That's not our style. That's not my heart. But I want to give you an opportunity to respond. Because maybe you're here today and Jesus was the center of your heart, but you've walked away from it. Maybe you're here today and Jesus has never been the center of your being, the core essence of who you are. I want to give you a chance to make him that. Maybe you're here today and Jesus is not the filter of your thoughts, but you need him to be. You recognize that the whole rules thing It just isn't working. I'm not getting the results in my life I thought or I want. I need to make Jesus the filter of my thoughts. So this morning, in the stillness of this moment, just just you and me and Jesus, I want to ask you to respond. That If that's you today, all over this room, and you just want to say, man, Jesus is not where he needs to be in my life. I want to make him first place. Would you just lift your hand up this morning? Nobody's looking around. It's just between you, me, and God. Awesome, awesome. All over this room, dozens of hands, dozens and dozens of hands. Anybody else? This is your moment. Again, I swear I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not, that's not my intention. I want to give you a chance to respond to Jesus. Why don't you put your hand up? You can put it back down. Are there others? You'll just. I need Jesus to be the center of my being. And I need Jesus to become a filter of my thoughts. Is there anybody else you just want to respond right now? Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Great. All over this room. Jesus, I come to you right now. And I pray on behalf of every person who's here and every person who has lifted their hand. Jesus, we've become so aware this morning that rules won't get the job done when it comes to living like you want us to live. And so, Jesus, I pray right now that you would touch so many who have lifted their hand this morning, dozens and dozens, 
who are acknowledging with a simple uplifted hand that our life is not where it needs to be. The center of our life has been us or has been someone else or has been a job or a career or a, or a, a goal or a dream or a pursuit or a whatever. But Jesus, we are, we are ripping that thing off down from the throne of our life and we want to put you there, God. We give you permission to come and sit at the center of who we are. Be the center of our being, Jesus. That that you would become the greatest love of all, that everything else would pale in comparison to you. And then, Jesus, I pray on behalf of those who have lifted their hand that you would move from the center of our heart to our heads. That you, Jesus, would become the filter of our life, that the dust that we seem to find on the furniture of our life would just... Be wiped clean. God, thank you that when we come to you, that you and confess our sin, that you wipe us clean. You wash us clean. Jesus, become the filter of our thoughts. That everything we say, everything we do, on a daily basis, would answer the question, is Jesus glorified? Yes. Father, may we not run back to rules. But may we stay in this relationship with you. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray.